0: Right, peace everybody welcome back to the illegitimate game this is brother derek we're still talking about jesus still talking about life still talking about our relationship with god and how to build it how not to avoid god thinking it's the enemy and this time i'm starting a new series i came up with a complex idea of talking to a friend of mine instead of making an hour-long video i'm gonna chop it up into four or five parts but the concept is i didn't know it was love Now, I'm talking about God, but we could also apply this to how we treat each other and sometimes how we treat ourselves. Because we have a tendency to think pain is love, misery is love, attention is love, lust is love, but it's really not. Love is something that God is. God is love. Love is God. God is Jesus. Jesus is love. And it's all connected. It's all a cipher. And we are a part of that cycle because God loved us, so we love him and serve him in return. And through God's love, we learn to serve and love each other. But it all begins with ourselves, connecting to God. So this series is, that's what this series is about. It's about the love of God, but there were times in my life where I didn't know it was love. I just thought it was hate. I thought it was judgment. I thought it was the enemy. I thought it was, you know, just being haunted by my own depressions and shame and guilt. So I'm going to chop it up into four or five different parts instead of one, two hour long video. So this is the first part. And the first one is, I didn't agree. Why didn't I surrender to God? Why didn't I accept God's love? It's because I didn't agree with it. And this is a mistake I made when I was young. I did it again as a young adult. I even did it again after I joined church. Because my view of God was different than the Bible. That's why it's important to always read the Bible and always pray. We got to have that a long time. People call it the prayer closet. Some of you might remember the, room, the movie The War Room. That movie, The War Room, if you haven't seen it, go see it. That's a great example of getting right with God and knowing God for himself instead of the God we create. So this first one is I didn't agree with God. And there were many times I didn't agree with him because of the way I grew up, the way I was thinking, the wrong knowledge, the wrong attitude, just my own pride, sin, all that. But it's kind of, if you think about your own life, how often does God tell you no about something and you get offended? And you get mad and you do it anyway. We do that all the time. I know I've done it a lot. Every now and then I still make that mistake and then I have to repent. Because sometimes God does say no. So one of the things that prevented me from accepting God's love was not agreeing with him. Even though he's the creator. Even though he knows me better than I know myself. I just didn't agree. There were times God said no, but I said yes. And I always had to pay the price for that. Because I didn't obey. God does not always give you what you want. He doesn't always give me what I want. If God gives us what we need. God is serving his purpose in our life. We're supposed to surrender to him. He doesn't work for us anyway. Sometimes we create this God that, you know, he's an ATM machine, he's a bank. We can just get what we want and keep it moving. But that's really not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to surrender our whole lives to God, but that's, that's hard. Because we've never had to surrender before, especially us prideful, selfish Americans. We always give what we want, and we want God to give us what we want. That doesn't always happen. And another part, especially, you know, when I was around 10, 11 years old, starting to feel myself, I didn't want to love my enemies. When people treated me bad, I wanted to respond. If somebody treated me evil, I wanted to send the evil back. That's hard for men to do. It's hard to just turn that other cheek and walk away. Especially in my neighborhood when people wanted to bully me and wanted to test me. And I was always tall, so I always got the attention. And I just spent a lot of time fighting. And it's hard to be this nice, docile, sweet, crying Christian and just walking away. No, I wanted to stand up and be a man. I wanted to be a gangster like them. I wanted people to respect me the same way they got their respect. But God wanted me to walk a different way, and I didn't want to do it all the time. There were times I did walk away, but there were times I fought, and I fought way too much. And, you know, I had to pay the price for that, too. I still got scars for that. Sometimes God wants to show his glory, but me being a man we want to show our glory and we always want to respond evil to evil even though the bible says always respond with goodness when people treat you bad that's hard to do it takes a whole different mentality to do that that's why you must be born again another reason i didn't agree with god is because i wanted god to serve me i didn't want to serve him sometimes especially with a lot of this new stuff they call christianity They created a God that's going to give you what you want. If you praise him enough, if you serve him enough, if the music's loud enough, if you dance enough, if you go to church enough, if you give enough money, God's going to give you what you want. That's not true. That's not written anywhere in the Bible. God is going to do his will through you and your life as you surrender. And his will may not be yours. That's why we always have to pray and just lay down. And that's the complete opposite of what we really want to do because we want what we want. But if God doesn't serve you and you serve him, that means he's Lord and Master, and we are the sheep, we are his slaves, we are his workers. You know, The the term minister means servant. It doesn't mean to be served, it means to serve, it means to give. So everything I have, everything I am is for other people. So God's power is supposed to flow through me, which means I need to live in submission, not pride. And that's a complete reversal of thinking, because the world we live in is all about me. Everything's about me. And that's the complete opposite of what the Bible teaches. You know, the other thing I didn't agree with was God's love is guidance and correction, which means there's rules and boundaries. Sometimes I didn't want to obey those rules, and sometimes I didn't want to live within those boundaries. I always wanted to step out and do my own thing. I always wanted to explore, experiment. I wanted to follow the crowd. I wanted to wild out. I didn't want to obey my parents. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So missing out on God's love is not living within his rules and boundaries, which is really our safety and security. But when you're prideful and disobedient, arrogant, you look at God's rules as a punishment and a hindrance. I want to go here, I want to go there. God's like, no, you can't go over there. Not realizing he's protecting me. And when I look back at it now, I'm 44 years old. A lot of the guys I grew up with are dead now. A lot of them are in prison. A lot of them, you know, their lives are just terrible. For different reasons when you don't live in God's rules there's consequences for that and we can't pretend we don't know that now you can lie and deny responsibility but if you just look around you can see the evidence of it even our physical health never mind prison just look at your physical health for the people on the outside what does our physical health look like how many medications are we taking you know how many of us are underweight and overweight how many of us got all kinds of cancers and illnesses from doing things we shouldn't have been doing. You know, everything, we can't blame everything on the government. We can't blame everything on doctors. Like, I used to smoke weed all day. I used to drink liquor all night. We kill our health and we call it fun and we call it partying instead of just obeying God's rules. God's rules are designed for us to be mentally, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually healthy. Because we live with all, all of those things. Even if you're physical, you're intellectual, We're emotional and we're spiritual and financial because we're in America and everything's about the money. If you do it God's way, all those things will be perfectly balanced. But we want to do what we want to do. But there's always a consequence for that. So if you obey God's love and receive it, whether you agree with it or not, just submit to it. Submission doesn't mean agreement. Submission means he's Lord and you're going to do it anyway. You don't always have to agree with God. Just obey You know, another thing that hurt me, and I know it hurts other people because I've had these conversations, is when we hear these voices and when we get these impressions in our spirit, sometimes you think it's the devil because what the enemy is saying is the opposite of what you're thinking. And Sometimes what God is saying is the opposite of what you're thinking. So now you're wrestling with fear. Now you're wrestling with doubt. Now you're wrestling with, am I right or am I going crazy? The truth is, if we read the Bible and actually pray and just look at what's the right thing to do in this scenario, you'll know if it's God or not. You just have to sit down and think, which is also why we need to be in that prayer closet. We need to be in that war room because the Bible is also going to tell you what to do. And if you ever don't know what to do, I'm going to tell you what my mentors told me. If you ever just don't know, don't do anything. Just sit still. The right answer will appear. Just sit still. Don't call 50 people and get 50 opinions. Don't get high, don't get drunk. Don't smoke 80 cigarettes, have a panic attack. Don't do any of that. If you ever don't know what to do, just sit still and wait. The right answer will appear. We can't live these anxious lives with all this extra noise. I told a friend of mine once, don't get your marriage advice from Instagram. You're always gonna get the wrong answer. What did God say? And then sometimes you can just look at your bank account and you'll know what the right answer is. So all these voices in your head, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Just sit still and wait. You're going to get the right guidance if you want it. Because all of this hinges upon your own will. Do you want to do the right thing? That's where it all starts anyway. Another element of, you know, not agreeing with God is God's trying to help me and guide me, but I want to do what I want. So I don't always agree. A perfect example, it took me years to even rationalize this one, but it made sense later. When I was playing high school football, I remember a voice telling me, stop playing. But I didn't listen. I thought it was the enemy, because I wanted to play football, because my friends were playing football. The whole time, that was God's voice telling me he didn't want me on that field. He wanted me to do something else. Because there was a part of me that wanted to make music, and then there was another part of me that said I was called to preach. I couldn't handle that at the time. I was 14, 15 years old. Yeah, I think I was 15 years old my freshman year. All my friends were playing football. It was all about hip hop music. It was all about trying to be cool, trying to be strong, trying to be this fake thug gangster, trying to be the cool guy. Want all the ladies chasing me. I wanted to play football. I wanted to think about church. But I was thinking about music. But I remember at least twice, guys was like, yo, quit football, do something else. But I didn't, I thought that was a devil. I really did. I just thought that was fear talking. But years later, I realized God was trying to send me down a different path, but I wouldn't listen. And in high school, my whole three years of football, playing high school football, it was all full of injuries. All three years was full of injuries. I never even got a chance to shine. I stayed injured for three straight years. Knowing now what I know now, I shouldn't have played. And the fact that I had injury after injury after injury was just proof God already knew the future. So if you don't listen, you're going to lose one way or the other. Because God knows. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say it was God that injured me. I don't believe that either. It could have been, maybe not. I'm not going to say that. I'll never say that. I'm not accusing God of nothing. But I do know that wasn't his perfect will. Because if it was his perfect will, I wouldn't have been injured. Even if I wasn't the best player or rode the bench or whatever, any other variable... I wouldn't have been injured for three straight years. That's a sign it wasn't God's will. So we have to listen the first time. Learn to listen the first time. And of course, you're not going to agree with it. But if you don't listen, you're going to suffer. And for three years in high school, I stayed injured. Never got a chance to shine. But I remember God telling me, get off the field. And I didn't listen. That's just one example. I can give you 100,000 more. But that's one that, I brought that one up because I know some of you struggle with the most basic ideas. Like there's somebody else out here, you want to start a business, God said wait. You want to go to college A, God said go to college B. It'd be these simple random choices and your mind is a good thing because playing football is a good thing. It's better than running the streets. All my friends were selling drugs back then. I wanted to play football. So I thought that was a good thing even though God said no. So it'd be those kind of choices that are hard to rationalize and philosophize and analyze but if God said it do it I spent three years suffering in and out the hospital suffering with injuries God told me not to play it makes sense now but at 14 15 years old it don't make sense why would God tell me not to do what I want to do especially if it's something good So these are times when you need good mentors good guidance prayer hopefully you can find a prayer partner you trust and you just have to learn how to submit the guy even if you don't agree. And that's what this first section is about. I didn't agree. Even though I thought I was doing the right thing. So the other element is trying to get the approval of people who mistreated me. Trying to get the approval of the wrong people. Sometimes we want to be down with certain crowds and certain businesses, certain institutions. Fraternities or sororities. You want the approval of people. Instead of seeking the approval of God first Go with God first And you'll know if you're with the right people or not Because they'll mistreat you If you're constantly being mistreated by people It's a sign you shouldn't be with them That's why the Bible tells you to love your enemies Because if you're doing the right thing And they're continuing to spit on you And they're continuing to betray you continuing to hurt you That ain't your crowd God's telling you to move The problem is when you get around rough crowds You start acting rough And then you're just like them And that's when you're out of the will of god because you became like them to become a part of them and now you're loyal to them but you're missing god trying to fit into a place you don't belong there are several moments years of my life when i did the same thing hanging with the wrong people i shouldn't have been there and when i finally cut them off i remembered how their relationship started it was hell in the beginning but then i became hell to fit in hell but i never should have been there so when God tells you to pray for your enemies and bless those who curse you, he's telling you, you shine light against their darkness. And if they continue to be dark, that's God telling you to get out. Because there are other times, especially if you're married, family member of school, you know, different jobs, where you meet people and it could be rough in the beginning, but when you love them, a week later, that person becomes your best friend. That's the answer, that's the difference. When you shine light and they reciprocate it, you know that's God but if you're constantly being good and you're constantly being hurt God's telling you that ain't your crowd get out but when you're around rough evil nasty people and you become rough evil and nasty you fit right in now you're just like them and you miss God so agree with God first and do it his way and you'll know where you belong and there were many moments in my life where I was seeking the approval of the wrong people but then I became like them and God ain't like me no more because if God's designing me to be a certain way I have to become that way can't become like them, because everybody's not even following the same God. Everybody is not a child of God. Don't ever believe that lie. If you read the Bible, you'll see it. It's crystal clear. There's the line of Cain. There's the line of Seth. Right there in the book of Genesis, God showed us in the beginning, there's people who follow God and there's people that follow man. It's right there in the book of Genesis. The lineage of Seth, the lineage of Cain. Everybody don't belong to God. Everybody don't everybody don't even believe Jesus is God so there are people that are here just to hurt you and God doesn't want you there so find out where you belong another part about not agreeing with God is God (laughs) this is a funny one but when you think about when God told me to be a minister the first time our first impression is always preaching the pulpit, being a pastor. God just wants you to shine light wherever you are. There are times I did it as a football coach, I did it at the prison ministry, I did it at the Richmond City Jail, writing books, meeting random men and women at the gym, talking about Jesus at the gym. A friend of mine, he's a great artist. He has his own shop at Virginia Beach now. He was painting up all these Jesus shirts for me and I used to wear them in public. Everywhere I went, I was just talking about Jesus. So agreeing with God's calling in your life, there's multiple different ways to do that. There's different ways to exhibit that. There's different ways to practice it. Everybody's not going to be in the pulpit. You can be a good person and talk about Jesus anywhere and everywhere. At your job, school, just your kids. You know, men talking to their wives about God. Wives talking to their husbands about God. Everybody's not in the pulpit. So when I was a child and I knew I was kind of called to the ministry, my only eyes was up in the pulpit. And I really didn't want to do that. Didn't make any sense at 11 and 12 years old. Like, Why do I want to be in church five days a week? So agree with God and then learn the game. You're not going to get all the answers first. If God's showing you his love and you're running from it, stop running from it. He's going to show you and guide you the right way. And that's just the first part. So please like and subscribe. If you like this content, leave a comment. I got multiple topics about the love of God. So if you have any questions, email, leave a comment, and get ready for part two. Peace.